0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 222 of the Metabolus 2 podcast, which tonight features just myself, Ben. But because David isn't here, thankfully, and you'll be very excited to hear this, our listener, that we are joined yet again by extra special guests, fresh from their L.A. experience at Gallifrey 1 2023, the wonderful Lena Barkin. And the fantastic Jess Jerkovic. And we're going to do some, I think, chit-chat about how we felt the con went this year, which was my fourth year. And Lena, it was your... I believe it was my fifth. Fifth year. And Jess, it was your... Second. Second year. So, I mean, we're quite young when it comes to Gallifrey One, I feel. Oh, yeah. Relatively speaking.
1: Yeah, we're newbies.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. My lovely wife, Amanda, who joined me again this year, was talking to some bloke in the bar who'd been to like 20 of them or something. And he was from Minnesota, which is why they were talking. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. He was astounded that we didn't go to the Minnesota Doctor Who convention, which I wasn't really aware there was one. But anyway. Um, So, yes, let's kick off. Overall impressions. What did we all what did we all think? That's a really bad general question. But let's start with that one. What did I think? (laughs) just pointing at me um i thought it was great i had a, I had a really good time no i i it's funny i, I as I, I i kind of like to tell people i'm not really a convention person but there is so much at Gallery one that even if you're not temperamentally a convention style person um you can have a great time so i had an excellent time and it was great to be in the hotel last year i was at the hotel that's near there not the actual hotel the convention's in but from the start off where we you know we had the ice cream social joined by sophie Aldred, Yeah, right um as a, what as a, a p- lovely start that was it was a fantastic start and she's obviously a fantastic person um it was just yeah it was just fun 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 all the time i wish i'd done more but i think always every year you realize you didn't do the thing you thought you were going to do you just it's something else instead that was better so yeah it was great i had a really good time um i'm looking forward to buying my tickets for next year to be honest um that's not very detailed but that's a, like a that's like a overall
2: yes I had a great time.
0: It's the walk away it's the walk away yes yes yeah. so jess
2: i of course had a great time it's difficult to match the sheer pleasure I had from last year being my first one, uh, being thrown in and, uh, seeing what it was like and just meeting, not only meeting you two for the first time in person, but just meeting everybody. And, and I was, I was still kind of, you know, green, didn't quite know how it worked. And it was because I do my little, uh, Dudley Simpson project. It was sort of nice to occasionally run into someone who actually knew what I did. Super <laughs> flattering. So uh, this, this year it was, I kind of knew what to expect and so it was lovely it was it was much more of a reunion than a union if 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 you will and and that's that's what I really looked forward to, although there were several you know panels and interviews that I saw and attended and enjoyed and, and there was of course my own that I was part of mostly I remember uh the fun with people and the lobby con with you two and other people I saw some people I still met for the first time uh There was a contingent of uh, people from England who were making their first trip to Galley, I believe, and so got to meet up with them. And uh, another brilliant time. And we were talking before we started. Kind of exhausting, but uh, worth it, I would say.
1: Yeah, um, speaking of exhausting, I'm still sort of uh, recovering from that. So if I'm not completely articulate... Please forgive me because I'm. I was a worried. I was happy. worried the same thing.
2: <laughs> I was worried the same thing, Lena, would happen to me. So, <laughs> I I feel I feel your pain if that's the right word.
1: Um. Yeah. So my co- I would say that this year was definitely interesting, not necessarily in a good or bad way, but I definitely made some decisions that personally I might not make again. <laughs> but um, oh, I, it was Sorry. it was. No, I mean, I think it's like every year you like we were actually talking about this at the bar, but every year you kind of figure out. What you want out of the con, right. and you kind of try different con experiences and like uh, put yeah. together, like, I want you know, 40% of this and 30% of that. And this year it was like 90% Lobby Con, <laughs> and like, that's not <laughs> a bad, yeah. like, I, I loved it, like, that's not like a bad con, but I also didn't get to see Jody Whitaker, <laughs> so oh. um, I think. There, there's, like, a nicer balance to be struck that includes meeting and talking to all the lovely people that I met and talked to and being on the panels that I was on, which I enjoyed, and also getting to, like, actually, you know, sit in on some harder stuff Doctor Who things. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think most of the panels I went to were based off of, Blake Seven somehow. So, um, yeah, there, there's just... I like obviously I enjoy it. I'm excited to get tickets for next year. Like this this isn't me saying like I had a bad con. It was just like
0: yeah.
1: obviously it was different than I expected. It's always different than you expect, and I'm going to do recalibration next year.
0: <laughs> that's a that's a really good comment actually, because it is it's one of those events like so many things in general, where the wisdom of it is realizing you can't do it all. Mm-hmm. Um and therefore, mm-hmm. as you say, Calibrating and working out the percentage. This is a thing that if I don't do it, then I won't be able to do it again. And this is a thing where I can probably do that some other time. Um, and yeah, I, th- I think that's a really that's a really sensible, it's a really sensible way of putting it. Both of you had kind of high profile panels that you were on. Lena, you were you were delivering a. I was going to say quasi academic, but you know, academic, mm-hmm. a thoughtful long form. Mm-hmm address at a panel, mm-hmm. and Jess, you had your own panel where you were kind of front and center star. Were you happy with those?
1: Well, yeah. So my Friday TARDIS talk, I think, went pretty well. Um I,
2: I, I sure enjoyed it, for one. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, considering the amount of, like, anxiety I had leading up to it, I think I didn't show right. that on stage. Nope. So that's a win. And... <laughs> um <laughs> uh and and yeah i got some really nice feedback and obviously you guys were there to support me which was lovely and i mean i don't know how to like i can talk about what it was about but like i can't really like replicate it so like i don't know how to like share that i think it's
2: worth i think it's worth talking a little bit about what you did because i thought it was really interesting it was got me thinking for sure (laughs)
1: Um, Yeah, so I was looking at new who and classic who companions and the way that they relate to the doctor and like, kind of highlighting how a lot of new who companions, specifically the female companions, they all sort of deify the doctor in a certain way, usually through um, like being in love with the doctor or wanting to become the doctor in some way. And they're usually punished for becoming the doctor in some way. If you think about like Donna and Clara, even though Clara got a happy ending, the end of her arc was her sacrificing basically or having to deal with the consequences of becoming the doctor. But just because she got a little escape clause out of there doesn't mean that she had like a happy ending. Uh, her human life ended. So if you think about that in in terms of new who and then a lot of the other companions are male companions. They're the boyfriends. That doesn't make them lesser or it doesn't make the New Who companions any less Complex or um, have they all have very individual personalities? But if you look at classic Who, then there are like I basically what I did is like I made a little like tree chart of like their different kinds of personalities. Like I grouped them a little, a little facetiously because like the characters do have like complexities to them. But like if you can be like an Ian or a Barbara or Susan, and I talked a little bit about like what those templates are. Mm Um, in relation to the Doctor. And then there's also, like, the best friend. And even though Dono was, was that, was the best friend for a good portion of her run, the emotional stakes of her arc ended up being becoming the Doctor in some way. Right. And so everything that's emotional in New Who is somehow tied into, like, idolizing the Doctor, whereas, like, there were less emotional stakes in Classic Who, but they had... I think more diversity in the types of relationships that they had with the doctor. Like you could be Team Challenge, which is uh, Turlo who tried to kill the doctor to start off with, and then Perry who complains frequently, and Tegan who just wanted to go get to Heathrow, and like people who don't necessarily even want to be on the TARDIS. And we haven't yeah. seen a lot of that in New Who.
0: And, and I, I, th- I thought that was super insightful because you know, on the, on the face of it, contemporary Who. Oh, of course that's more complicated, and of course the companions must have some kind of more, a deeper, more complex relationship, but it's, you know, didn't see you know, I mean, with the kind of thing you were pulling out is that's not necessarily the case, which I thought was... I thought it was great, and I now in my, the rest of my life I've been kind of like, okay, is that an Ian or is that a Barbara that <laughs> I'm looking at? Um, oh, that's maybe the, it's a like citizen. I love that it
1: shifted the way that you thought <laughs> you <Exactly>. think about. Like <laughs>
0: categorizing things as those yeah. as those separate things. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, I like that because, like you said, Ben, it kind of made me think about it in a different way, and I liked. Seeing connections between companions that I mm-hmm. hadn't really yeah, thought about small. before. I thought that was yeah. really en- enlightening. I will say that you certainly got a huge laugh for the line of the Tardis talk: "The secret is sexism." Yeah, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's which that you played may need to explain. that played like but, uh, way better than I thought it did. <laughs> um, than I thought it, it would. was tops. Like- <laughs> it was tops. Lita.
2: It was tops. Yeah.
1: Um- yeah, basically, I had put in like they like you know you can be in love with the doctor, you can become the doctor, or you could be like the secret third thing, and then it's like all the male companions <laughs> and plus Bill who is queer, um, so th- therefore <laughs> gets like categorized as male in like the romance section, and then the secret secret third thing is is sexism so (laughs) but that was like a powerpoint joke like that's hard to explain
2: (laughs) true there was a dramatic reveal reveal there was a a dramatic reveal reveal, sexism. which which, there was an eruption uh, of (laughs) laughter as soon as that was revealed it was was very effective (laughs) and so so jess how did you feel your panel went Um, my specific panel was great. I was so happy with it. I also did a, the 60 years of Mm -hmm. Dr. Who music panel in which I was just part of that. But like Lena, I had sort of an expanded TARDIS talk Mm -hmm. where I was given basically an hour, which is so generous to have my own panel talking about Dudley Simpson, not just that, but a specific topic, the invention and evolution, development of Simpsons theme for Tom Baker's Doctor which started very early on and I kind of in the process of doing my project on YouTube my transcription project I started unearthing all these little tidbits not just expanded pieces that you might be familiar with and be able to point and say oh yeah that's that's the doctor's theme little you know, five second tidbits of a hint of the theme. Once Mm. you know how it's put together, it started to reveal itself. And so basically my talk was discussing its invention and its early years and then how it developed from... The Ark in Space through season 13, how it basically disappeared for a year and a half, and then it came back with a vengeance in 15, 16, 17. Basically every story, almost every hmm. story, had some little tidbit, even if it was quite brief, had some little tidbit of the Doctor's theme. Part of what I was doing was not only tracing that, but performing some of my transcriptions, describing these changes and developments on the on the piano, which was... A huge thrill, and uh, I was so excited that it was uh, that that piano was made available to me yes. and, and tuned i mean that's what that's what sent it to the next level for me is is that I could perform this music the way it really deserved a keyboard right. would have been fine, but there's nothing like an actual grand piano to give that music its due short of you know recreating it and putting eight musicians together and and, <laughs> and recreating it, which you know I don't know if I'm qualified to do, but uh, I certainly know what the notes are. (laughs) So, uh, so doing that was really, really splendid. I, I, there was a quite nice turnout, you know, some people I I knew were there. I was certainly uh, flattered to have Matthew sweet taking notes. Oh, uh, while I was there, which was (laughs) uh, rather, Mm, uh, rather pleasing. (laughs) So, uh, it was just nice. And and I also really appreciated that besides feeling really confident about the performance, I felt like the people who were there were really engaged mm-hmm. and it was, it was sort of all ages, uh, right. if you will. It wasn't just a certain age like myself and older who would have grown up with the classic series. There were people of all ages who seemed interested and engaged. And uh, I was very, very happy with with how it turned out, and I think, uh, and I think the the music went well too. Yeah,
1: yeah. So unfortunately, my Blake Seven meetup was scheduled counter scheduled against yours, so I didn't get to see that, uh, I which know. I would have loved to see. But yeah, I mean, I feel like music in Doctor Who could just become its own. Sort of subculture, like I feel like there's enough interest in music theory and in the way that people, like in musicians in general, that like having mm. a specific highlight on Dudley Simpson makes a lot of sense within the world of Doctor Who.
0: I, mean, I wonder if they, have they ever invited two composers to that convention because I'm I mean, sure they have. There's a huge interest in it. I mean, it, you know, it, the, I mean, it was it was a full panel mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. interacting with you. You know, LobbyCon and stuff, everyone was wanting to interact with you and talk to you and, and congratulate you. So there, there's, there is a huge mm-hmm. interest in it. Um, and actually, I I, mean, I can remember, remember you last year saying, talking about Grand Piano and how you didn't want to do this on, you know, on a Casio keyboard or something. And it's yeah. really, really clear having that Grand Piano in the room, how important it is to actually have it played with a full set of notes, with a full rate. Yeah. I mean, I'm completely non-musical, so whatever whatever makes a grand piano better is obviously something
2: <laughs> that you needed. It's crucial, for sure. Right. Not just because that was my intention, but mm-hmm. an instrument like that brings out the subtleties and the nuances just right. better, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think there's something about a natural instrument anyway. Yeah. which is not to be flippant, but resonates with people. I think it I think it really yeah. does connect with people on a more visceral, yeah. even subconscious level. Yeah. And that was what was fun about doing the panel, is I was sort of revealing something that they may have barely noticed it was there. Mm-hmm. Some of the examples, you might not have even connected it with yeah. the Doctor's theme.
1: Well, well, it's sort of like I read recently that someone laughs every time they hear the Wilhelm scream. Because once you hear it, you hear it in every movie. And then there's also, in scores, for the last, like, 70 years, people have been putting in Dearest Ire" And, like, the dun-dun-dun-dun, it's in almost every music score. So, like, once you hear it, like, once once it's brought to your attention that, like, those mm. notes are, like, in every music score, you kind of start clocking it and like once you like once you have someone who knows what they're talking about like you like bring your attention to like these details then you start having more of an appreciation for that
2: i hope so
0: yeah yeah the wilhelm screams is a really good example actually mm. obviously it's it's a really different thing but i now have a you know something new to listen to something new to pay attention to and i when i watch particular seasons of classic who mm. those being mm. shows that i've actually watched quite a lot in my life like wow okay there's actually something new for me to do as i watch you know pyramids of mars or something or whatever exactly did we have any interesting interactions with guests i mentioned that we were joined by the delightful sophie Aldred at the ice cream social who paid us a flying
2: um, mm-hmm. selfie visit Mm-hmm. That was such a lovely start too because was amazing, yeah. it was just the ice cream social we were hanging out amongst yeah. ourselves there was like 6 of us and she just wandered in and came up and like I and she was just wandering by and I sort of like took the moment and said "Hi Sophie how are you?" and suddenly we're having this conversation with yeah. her as if and we'd known really her for excited. ages. Yeah. She yeah. was like, so open and yeah. available. That's the sort of thing I really dig is yeah. is just I love the immediacy of, of the interaction that obviously not every performer or actor is, you know, open to that. No. Jody wasn't doing Lobby Con, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but we'll and we'll talk about Chris Chibnall in a moment, who certainly was doing LobbyCon. So right. you don't quite know what you're what you're gonna get from any particular actor, but by and large, that's really what what moves me is how how they want to connect with you. Yeah, as well as you want to connect with them. And it, it feels it feels lovely. So we got that moment to talk with her. And I and I, I remember saying, as she was about to move off, I said, Oh, wait, we, I think we have to take a picture. There's probably some sort of penalty if we don't take a picture with you. Uh, so and then she hugged me. <laughs> and that will be our memories cursing us if we don't.
1: Yeah. And no, as soon as you were like, we have to take a picture. She like, like, slung her arm around me and yep, I was like okay yep. I'm the chosen one I <laughs> know ah, um uh. no it was lovely she was so sweet and then I did get a picture with her and Janet which I really enjoy that's great and I think there was a lot of like running into people like I was walking into an elevator and Colin Baker and Bonnie Lankford were walking out mm. but I didn't really get like get to see them they were kind of I think they were like on their way to a panel and they were kind of like toddling off and I was like okay yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he wasn't really taking in – he wasn't, like, looking to interact with people as soon as he got off the elevator, right. which I totally understand. But,
2: um, <laughs>
1: but, like, the person who was in the elevator with him, like, came out of that elevator, and he was like, well, that was a ride. <laughs> like, it <dude>, wasn't expecting. <laughs> and then I did talk to, like, some of uh, – I didn't talk to many, like, actors or production people. I did talk to some guests who – like right, big finish, and who um, contribute mm-hmm. to the show in that way?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, who are all lovely and very nice and very talkative and. Um, yeah. um,
0: one with, and one thing. Then, oh, that, Stephen so, Noonan. <laughs> oh, cool. Yes, oh, we're going to yes, talk the, about Stephen Noonan. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, no, I, I missed that because I I sloped off early from the ice cream convention. So convention the ice cream social thing. So yes, you got mm-hmm. to hang out with the new first doctor, right?
1: Yeah, to degree. Yeah, you impressed him.
2: You. Uh, yeah. I didn't know who he was lamentably, um, (laughs) but now I do. Uh, (laughs) And I think I got to run into him two or three times. Maybe you got to... I don't know if you got to hang out with him uh, as well. You you did, Alina. Is that right?
1: Uh, He was next to me at the bar and didn't recognize me for a good 15 minutes. So, uh, like, he was next to me for, like, 15 minutes and didn't recognize me, which is fine. Like, he was just trying to get a drink. But I do not think (laughs) he recognized me. I I don't think I stuck in his mind the way that you did because... You are remarkably good at trivia, and I just got one Beatles question right. So,
2: but but that was that was the crazy thing is that suddenly I don't even remember how this started, uh, mm-hmm. how I got introduced to him, but suddenly mm-hmm. he was pulling out this notebook. Yeah. full of facts on all these different Doctor Who stories, and we were like, okay, what story? And, and suddenly I'm next to Rob Ritchie, and we're trying yeah. to, like, get the lines from Terror of the Autons. And, mm-hmm. and then there was another day where suddenly we're talking about three Doctors, and I was competing with uh, Kenny Smith, who's a, a fanzine person, I think, or mm. the forgive me, Kenny, I forget I forget what you do. And so suddenly I'm. we're just having these random quizzes, but he seemed to love presiding over these quizzes and I couldn't believe the that was just i mean it was full wow. mm-hmm. of and, and lovely handwriting i I almost couldn't read it, but it was sort of lovely and 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 sc- and beautiful sc- script and so on but uh yes my my trivia was uh, was definitely on those nights yeah. I, I remember but such a random event, because suddenly i am talking to this person who regrettably i didn't know until then, but he was a fun and really engaging person, a great personality, great for you know, I, I I haven't even heard him do the voice, so uh i'm I'm looking forward to that yeah they should they should get him on the the quiz of Rassilon next year
1: yeah, oh they should
0: have
2: his great own idea. idea
1: absolutely have his own yeah I don't think I told you guys this, but like fifteen minutes before that. I was talking with my friend who I had brought in through Blake 7 for, like, Blake 7 deeds, who you met a little bit, Um her yes. name Julian. And her. then yes. she knew someone who's, like, been to, like, 30 or 40 <laughs> galleys, wow. who's, like, an old hat and, oh. like, knows everyone and has, like, ridiculous Terry Nation stories. And we were, <laughs> yeah, and we were talking, and he was talking with John Colshaw, and my friend... Did not recognize who John Coleshaw was, and so had him mm. do an impression of of um. It might have been a Terry Nation impression. No, it was a Terrence Dix impression in front uh. of John Coleshaw. Who, like he didn't, she didn't know what he was. A- she was asking him to do, like he was thoroughly delighted with her. And like I, I then in the next five minutes asked him if he's ever seen Blake Seven because. That's my American default, is to, like, when you bring up Blake 7, you have to ask if you've ever heard of the show. Because um, <laughs> uh, most Americans, it's no. So <laughs> I went into that mode, and he was like, come on. <laughs> like, like." as soon as I asked it, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry for asking. I don't know what I was thinking. But, um, no, he was very nice. He was very, like, he loves like he at one point you think he like leaned in close and did like a little john pertwee mm. impression for me you
0: didn't encourage him to do any blake seven impressions um
1: i don't think i i would have asked for an avon and i don't think i asked for an avon uh. Does he do does he do Avon <laughs> like what
0: I was um, I miss so I, I had a coffee clatch with set up for with with John mm. Colshaw and Jason Hay-Ellery and I was late I was like a minute late and they closed the doors and they don't oh, no! In. so I was like <gasps> oh, uh, no. uh, kind of irritated well, one I mean wasn't I mean I guess I was irritated actually but then I I, I got over it. But yeah, no, I had a list of like, I'm going to ask him to do that impression. <laughs> and I'm going to ask him to do this impression. And I'm just going to ask him to do impressions of things for half an hour. <laughs> it irritate people. But I an mean, Avon honestly, impression would be, I bet he does some really great Blake seven impressions. I'm sure he does. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. To some degree, I wasn't 100% sure. Because his badge was like underneath his sweater. Right. And so like, I was like, I'm pretty sure you're John Coleshaw. But I'm not a hundred percent, and I wasn't a hundred percent until after we he's, stopped talking. He's
0: certainly mm. he's bigger of face than yeah. I had imagined uh, him okay. to be. With that isn't a rude thing to say about someone. Was, I mean, fine, yes. I always thought he was younger as well, which is also mm. maybe kind of a rude thing to say. But anyway, that's mm. just me.
1: So that was more LobbyCon. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, I was. So you're, you're Blake Seven companions. Fucking cool! Yeah, my lib the, crew. The Blake 7 group. That was great. It was great to meet the Blake 7 crew. Yeah. That was excellent. How did you feel the Blake 7 kind of stuff went? We can segue into Blake 7 for a second <laughs> in a Dr. Um, who podcast.
1: It was scheduled against uh, Jess's music, like far superior music wah, wah, wah. Um, demonstration. So we did get some uh, diehards. Uh, we got a lot of cosplayers. It wasn't like a full, totally full room. And I think a lot of people who would be interested maybe it wasn't the right time for them like there was definitely a lot of uh, there was like blakes of evangelism happening throughout the con especially like with one of my friends who just like was trying to like put her feelers everywhere um and she's she seemed to report back to me that there was a lot of interest and she definitely had many conversations so i think there's definitely room there and I mean, like Paul Angelides. Paul Angelides is it Angelides? Um, yeah, I'd, showed up right and that. just yeah, yeah. and uh, he just <laughs> he just like hung out with us and talked to us a little bit. And that's then fantastic. later he was like, I didn't even talk to anyone else because we were having such a good conversation. Well, that's great, uh, which is very flattering. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: I love the idea of you all going door to door, like knocking on people's rooms, and like,
1: <laughs> have you heard <laughs> have you,
0: about have you heard the, the good, good crew? news <laughs> about the seven? <laughs> Blake the seven. Seven. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a christmas day miracle um <laughs> so uh yeah someone on twitter literally a doctor who person on twitter literally just saw her or maybe it's there um just watch blake for the first time without any spoilers mm,
0: nice. and
1: there's a, there's quite a lot of uh comments <laughs> following that (laughs) uh i think it's tardis monkey
2: oh sure ellie i know ellie
1: yeah yeah (laughs) of course you know ellie (laughs) yeah so no i mean i think for the people who like Blake seven is really important too i think they showed up and i think there's probably room for more
0: oh for sure just going back to your comments Lena, about the kind of percentage you know kind of weighing up what you do one thing that Mm -hmm. i have kind of studiously avoided for Financial reasons, I don't know why I've avoided actually. But I mean, I've never signed up. Well, I've only this is the only fourth time I've been, but I've not si- ever signed up for the kind of higher levels. Yeah. of the kind of sort of meet and greet, yeah. um, extra signatures, photographs, and I found myself for the first for this time actually thinking like maybe I should do more of that mm-hmm. because. I what, what, one of my disappointments about the con is th- this year was how expensive autographs were, yeah. and I found myself going like, "Do I really want that for that amount of money uh-huh. in a book?" Oh, and, I, and I think I'd probably be more willing to do that if I paid up front already, or if there was mm-hmm. some kind of you know some kind of upmeet that I would go to. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think I was thinking about that because of the fact that I missed. You know, by a minute, I'm um, spending time with with Jason and John, if I can call them by their first names. Mm-hmm. So have you two ever considered doing the kind of upper echelon?
2: Or would you consider doing those upper echelon things? Maybe. I, I'm sure that would be fun. You know, that, that kind of hobnobbing certainly you know, appeals to my character. But uh, I don't know. Like, so far, I'm having such a good time just, you know, skating along... Uh, with the <laughs> the freebies uh that I don't know like I, I mean I, I haven't even yeah. i I've never sprung it's only been twice but I've never sprung for an autograph or a photo or or anything like that It's just right it's just what's here you know I've uh, paid right. to be here for three days I'm gonna get everything out of it and uh, that's why I'm yeah. so grateful to the people who are are social anyway apart from their uh mm-hmm. their uh convention duties I uh, very much appreciate that. I would, I think I would, I would consider that more than an autograph or, or a photo like that. I think I would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, speaking of, uh, of photos, I cursed myself because I realized I took maybe four photos the whole time. So I, I can right. barely prove that I was actually there. So, uh, I, I was, trust me. Uh, but, uh, I sort of lamented that I didn't have my camera out all the time. And so mm-hmm. not that I'd be able to, you know, snap all these Photos at, at, at something like uh, something like this that we're speaking of. But uh, I still love that. Like, I, I, I love the pictures in my head, the memories. So that's what I love most. Right. And so I don't feel too bad as long as I remember yeah. that it happened. Uh, so I don't know. I, I might. I might in the future. I'll think about yeah.
1: it. Yeah, I would say that for me, I'm definitely pro going to a script reading um i went to one last year and that was fantastic and i think the only reason i didn't do one this year was that jody's was a little on the expensive side and how much was it
0: how much was the jody script reading could you remember was it like 85 95
1: and then i think maybe the sophie was like 65 which i was going to do but that might have been Conflict with something else, Right. or I might have just considered like I'm getting these three photos. I don't need to add on another yeah. whatever. But yeah. I think the script readings are actually really, really worth it. Mm.
0: I mean, I think I think it was it was seeing the pictures that people were taking of the Jody yeah. script readings. Really, were like, wow, that looks really. Because I, as I think, I, well, I'm one thing again disappointed because i I was going to get stuff autographed by Jody, mm-hmm. but the the uh, just to get her signature was eighty five. Bucks, okay, um, yeah. and that was like, I, okay, I like her, but I don't like her that much. Cranky. But you know, to to be in a script reading for only slightly mm-hmm. more, and the, the amount of fun that everyone seemed to be having during those readings, that really, I I, I felt slightly kind of FOMO about that. <laughs> yeah,
1: it might have been over a hundred. Yeah, it might have been over a hundred. Yeah.
0: But then, of course, the flip side of all that is the whole lobbycon thing, where actually, yeah. you know, obviously yeah. Jody wasn't hanging out at the bar, but I mean, you can pretty much grab anyone you want and have a chat with them because most people are up for it so Mm -hmm.
1: for me I think I would the script reading feels not formal but like structured enough where it's like I understand that you're at work but we're kind of having fun with it Mm -hmm. right whereas like if I feel like if I'm paying to sit down at a meal with someone it's
0: like you wonder
1: yeah Mm -hmm. it's kind it's just like well for me personally tons of people do it it's totally like a legit way to interact with people um, for me, it would give me a lot of anxiety, I think. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's that anxiety about authenticity that I think Yeah, presented. yeah I mean, I think the two things that I would think about is, one, getting an autograph package, so then I would have already paid for the autograph, so I wouldn't be like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be worrying about whether I could afford it in the moment. Oh, yeah, no, that <laughs> makes um, sense. And then the other thing was, was, um, was script readings, which, which, as yeah. I said, you know, looked to be really fun with Jodie. But as I said, you know, I, I, I bent the ear of Simon gurrier about my theories about, you know, Robert Smithson and mirror time travel. And he was perfectly willing to listen to me yeah. for 10 minutes, <laughs> which is very nice of him. So, you know.
1: Yeah, I wanted to talk to him after the panel because... So I was actually on a panel with him at the very beginning of the con. Oh, yes. Oh, right. And I okay. never got to follow up with him because he seemed very knowledgeable, like, really knowledgeable about, like, the inner workings of, like, the J&T era and, like, all the production stuff. Right. Like, it just seems like he's... The person,
0: his David Whittaker panel yeah. was one of my top.
1: I really events. wanted to go to that.
0: Was, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, I was so I,
2: sorry. I didn't. It was
1: ten in the morning, so it wasn't going to. happen. That was the problem. It I was
2: right. To to it that. was right back against my uh, my hour uh, pa- panels. Like, uh, but you know, yeah, mine like uh, maybe it's just a uh, my my performer thing. But I didn't want to be doing anything right before I was performing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, so I I just went in and hung out. In the room Readied myself So I couldn't go to see that But I did get to meet him afterwards Which was nice Uh He was part of the Blu-ray Um Discussion. Oh, he was oh, right. Blu-ray panel. That was really fun. That, that, was, Which, a
1: great panel, that was a great panel, and that panel. was yeah. also packed.
2: It was really, yeah. really yeah. packed. Small like, rooms should, too. Have, been like,
1: room they it should it... have been in room. I'm
2: surprised they didn't. Should not
1: have been in room. I totally agree. Yeah, because yeah. I mean,
0: everyone's interested in those Blu-rays. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. literally, most people at the convention presumably are in some way thinking about buying Blu-rays. Yeah. So yeah, or like
1: anyone, like the classic Who people at the convention, like that's that's what's happening for us. Like, yes, that's that the thing the that's coming out for us. So that
0: is the only thing that's happening to for us. Yeah, sort of a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> um, and it was, and it was, and that was again. That was a fun panel. You know, it's always fun to have Gary Russell oh, yes. and Matthew Sweet, And yes. people like that on panels because they, you know, they're, they're they're very droll, intelligent people. So, oh yeah, mm-hmm. fun to see them. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Lena, you you said you were you you were you were sad that you missed seeing seeing see, seeing seeing Jody. I mean, presumably she'll come again. What one, one would think, and maybe under one less. Hopes. Yeah. I mean,
1: it tends to be that if you do Galley once, you come back. I think People Eccleston see- felt similarly. I think so, so. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah I,
0: think. yeah. I mean, just just looking at Matthew Sweet's Twitter, it seems like he's going to be
2: here. Every, he's going to be at it every year now. For, yeah,
1: I think he enjoys I, it. I a think
2: lot. so Twitter, too. Exactly. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I feel so. like now that both Jody Whitaker and Chris Chibnall are free. As it were, I think they're I mean, they're so open, obviously, to not only have come, but I think this opened them up to the fun of it, which I don't know if they've experienced in any way or if they have experienced it. It's in England. And I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that galley is completely on a different level. It is. To anything
0: I think in it England. is Yeah, and I think the difference is, um, as much as I can pass it out, is that English conventions, obviously people are super available. You know, you, they can just go there and mm-hmm. they spend a day and they go away again. The fact that it's a three-day convention... And by and large, people coming from the UK are staying there for a, mm. an amount of time. Sure. It's kind of like a vacation. They've got nothing else to do. They've got no homes to go to. Mm. I think that kind of changes the dynamic of the whole thing. And it's less of more of a kind of, it's less of a sort of autograph sort of churn. Okay, I'm just going to sign stuff and then I'm going to go home. And maybe mm. you know, maybe do a panel and then I'm going to go home. I mean, it's more, they're actually, they're kind of, you know, they're away and they're having a good time, and I think the, I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, Chibnall has come in for a lot of stick from various fans, certainly in the UK for you know for the show. Um, I, I one would have hoped that maybe he felt slightly more relaxed in an American environment. You know, didn't feel that I, no one. Was I mean, I think that's a him. really
1: good observation. But I, and I think specifically with Chibnall, like it seems like the overwhelming like mindset of galley is to appreciate artists for who they are like even if they're not even if it's not your doctor even if it's not the showrunner that you would have chosen Mm -hmm. or like even if it's a writer that you don't personally like it's supposed to be welcoming and it's supposed to be welcoming to everybody and you're not gonna go up and like pick on someone right like that's Absolutely, like, the like why bully Chibnall? He's just a cool dude,
2: <laughs> right? <laughs> and I, so I have definitely heard that from at least one British person. Although I say it myself, at least uh, more than one. Right? That is what they find. That is what they find really lovely about Galley is, and American fans in general. That was actually yeah. what I heard from them: is that there's an openness and a friendliness in general. Yeah. They say. Yeah from mm-hmm. american fans compared to british fans which i found a really yeah. interesting comment
1: i think we're just grateful that they're like willing to that come over here yeah because we yeah. get so
0: little I, I, I mean and actually interestingly i mean i've got my problems with the whole jody chibnall era mm-hmm. but what i found so exciting and and just to you know, agreeing with you both about going to gallifrey is that all that kind of washes away a little bit. And like, yes. you know, like okay, yeah, no, I am going to... I mean, you don't... I, I, all the kind of... All the kind of irritations that you might feel just... I, I mean, this makes me, again, I sound like an evangelist or something, you know. <laughs> also, all those kind of wash away and you feel like, no, let's celebrate the whole thing. Like, everybody likes some of this. Nobody right. likes all of it. Maybe some people like all of it. But, you know, there's, it's not possible to like all of it, but let's all celebrate all of it and let's be, you know... Be one family group together, or one something.
1: galley fam.
0: I know exactly, <laughs> one beautiful flowering garden.
1: Well, and it's also you meet so many people and you get to talk to people whose points of view, like someone who enjoyed the show, could like point out things that you didn't realize or look for or like didn't resonate with you, and you can like see why other people appreciate it, even if it doesn't personally resonate with you, which yeah. I think is one yeah. of the great things about the about community yeah, um, in exactly. fandom um,
2: exactly. I think so I think for me it sort of gives you a perspective that you don't necessarily necessarily have if you're operating just in an internet comment room or mm-hmm. on Twitter right. you get a perspective on it and not to say that you know every actor or writer or producer is going to be a hundred percent, you know, forthcoming or if they're even going to say, well, uh, I agree with you. uh, I messed up that, or I would have done this differently if you have criticism, but you sort of humanize it, which is so important. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that you are, whatever I think about the Jody Chibnall era, and I've only seen Mm -hmm. the last couple of years Right. Um, this, this, basically those specials into, uh, I guess during the pandemic and, and, and up until the day, uh, whatever I think about that, I don't necessarily care as much as I might have done because now that I've seen Jody and seen how wonderful she is and how engaging she mm. is and how clearly a fascinating character actor she is. Mm. And then having met Chris Chibnall right. in LobbyCon. And suddenly he's like just this guy who wants to talk and I got introduced to him and I didn't expect to meet him because I like, well, I didn't, I don't really know his time. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I just got introduced to him (laughs) and suddenly we're talking about what my Dudley Simpson stuff and, and suddenly we're talking about this and about that. And it's just, it's just so natural and it's not stilted at all. And so whatever you're going to think about that time, it's going to be positively tinted if it needs to be. By actually meeting the person and seeing, yeah, they're not some monster who tried to destroy Doctor Who, if that's what you think. You know, <laughs> right. that's not Quite. what happened. Right. It There are mm-hmm. positives, they're going to be negative, and you're going to have perspective on it from having had at least been proximity, in proximity to Ooh. them. If you get to interact with them, that's a bonus. But mm-hmm. I think yeah. that will temper a lot of those things.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I got to think at this point. That anyone who interacts with Doctor Who on some sort of professional level, like, at least has good intentions, right? Like, no one's out yes. to actually hurt the show. Of course not. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah, like, I I never conflated Chris Chibnall the writer with Chris Chibnall the person. But the o- other thing that mm-hmm. happens is that when you meet someone in person, you get their voice inflection. Like, like, we, we can talk about, like, the internet versus, like, in person all day. Mm-hmm. But, like, right. if you see someone you know what their neuroses are <laughs> and like, you're like, oh. oh, I see where that came from uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. versus yeah. like, yeah. oh, this is, this is being translated and like, it's translating poorly to me and like yeah. can't understand where it's coming from.
0: Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I didn't interact with Chris in, uh, and the bar, but you know, I went to the, I went to at least one of his panels, you know, and he was so open about, you know, the difficulties of making this yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, I guess all the showrunners have been open about that. Maybe less so Moffat, but certainly RTD. Mm-hmm. Um and it that and that was really interesting and then you know go, going to I mean, I went to several panels with them with with the group of monsters that they had mm-hmm. for, and they were these ex just these great kind of funny jokey guys who dress up as monsters in the show. and again it's just mm. he just hearing about you know what a just a beast of a show it is to make and it just yeah. gives it just like wow okay i just the fact that you do it is probably admirable enough yeah and actually i spent half an hour you know listening to bonnie langford talk about her life and experiences mm. i couldn't and Bonnie Langford when she was on Doctor <laughs> Who, when, 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 it was, when it was being shown. I know live. what you mean. Yeah. Right. Obviously, I mean, mm-hmm. I've grown to appreciate that era slightly more, but, you know, the 22-year-old me <laughs> would have been astounded that I would have wanted to spend time listening to Bonnie Langford talk about her time on Doctor Who. But I did, and it was great, and I really enjoyed it.
1: Her polka dot bow tie didn't
0: charm no, you? No, no, no. She put my teeth on edge at that age. But I mean, I, I,
1: <laughs>
0: she's a fantastic woman who has mm. spent a lot of time doing amazing yeah. things and has really interesting stories. And so, and again, it's, it's getting to meet people and realize that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the lens that we see people through internet or even just, you know, watching them on TV is, is, is not necessarily who they yeah. are. Um, mm-hmm. And
1: that that does bring up something else that I noticed specifically during closing ceremonies because we had so many female companions throughout the 60s through mm-hmm. the 80s I mean we, we yeah through the 60s through the 80s um it was primarily mm-hmm. female companions which now means that we have this wide range of women and actors at like different stages uh-huh. of their life and like doing different yeah. things and you really don't see women of that age sort of celebrated for their careers as much as you do. And I was just like really struck by that.
0: Yeah. That was a big takeaway that I took. I mean, you know, I'm, you know, my mid to late fifties and my wife is in her mid to late fifties. And I think it's it's a lot more true for women, obviously, you know, you reach that kind of age and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm I'm just nothing now. (laughs) And certainly when, you know, as an actor, Uh, And as as a female actor, when you when you start to approach 60, you just start to melt away. And, you know, unless you want to play Miss Marple, you're Mm -hmm. done with. But I mean, that doesn't that can't happen with Doctor Who because we still want to celebrate these people and these people still have stories to tell. And we're still interested in, you know, an audience is still interested in their adventures. And obviously, as actors, they're still interested in having those adventures and. Just to, just to, to, you know, the, the commentary, listening to the commentary with, with, with Sophie and Janet about Power of the Doctor, it's like, you know, extraordinary stuff, really. Yeah. Um, and Janet saying, you no, know, she hadn't acted for like 20 years or something <laughs> before she got the call to be in Power of the Doctor, it's like, Yeah, I guess you had, or even Wendy Padbury, you know, who's who is of you know an age now, saying, "You know, I had to, you know, I just gave up acting. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I wasn't getting parts." Mm -hmm. And obviously, she had a great, she's had a great time being an agent, and now she's completely retired. But you know,
1: which is just like wonderful. I I mean, yeah, just thinking through that, like even in the sense that, like, even if they're not actors anymore, they're being celebrated for work that they did, and then we also get to see them you don't really hear especially maybe in the US or in Hollywood if someone leaves Hollywood you don't really follow them right. like what they're doing afterward mm-hmm. like how they're participating in the industry afterward yeah. or like what they're like creative like that creativity doesn't just go right. away yeah. right yeah. and so yeah. I want to write a chapter about this now. So. <laughs> I mean, hearing
0: you know Wendy talk about her you know her life as an agent and how she basically discovered Matt Smith and... Yeah. Yes,
2: that was news to me. Which I didn't know.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I learned that in Chicago TARDIS. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like maybe five or six years ago. Right. Yeah. While Matt Smith was the doctor. Yeah.
2: Again. No, she literally plucked him out from
0: stage school. Um, not plucked mm-hmm. him, but, you know, said, do, do you want to be one, one of my clients? And I had no idea. Hmm. And actually, in some ways, because I know, I guess I didn't know that. Well, because I know a lot of the kind of screen actors anecdotes through, you know, second and third hand and kind of just, you know, reading about them. It's a lot more interesting to hear someone like, like Wendy talk about her non-who
2: life yeah. possibly than it is about her who life. Yeah. To get that whole picture is lovely. To go back yeah. to Bonnie, that's what I really loved is that the interview that I mm-hmm. saw was basically of her life and talking about her mm-hmm. becoming a television and, and theater actor at like, what, what was it? Six, seven, eight, nine, like super young.
0: Yeah, I thought it was funny that they had Gary Russell interviewing her because Gary Russell was a child
2: star as well. Right, he was I forget. Was oh, was in five. That. Yeah, yeah. Why? Yeah, I forget that actually. Wow, he was actually great because I I felt like, especially with Gary interviewing, it quickly became just a conversation, and 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 yeah. and it mm-hmm. allowed yeah. the 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 star, if you, if that's the right word, to to just open up and and talk about things that they may not have gotten to if they felt like they were being interviewed no it was just a chat that they mm-hmm. were having yeah. and several of the moderators or the mcs did a really fine job with that obviously that's matthew sweet's job basically and he does those yeah. brilliant uh blu-ray interviews which are always compelling but i i was very impressed actually with how uh, gary russell yeah. like just made it so easy to, yeah,
0: to talk yeah. about this, I, th- I thought all the interviewing was 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 excellent, and I and it was really I hadn't sort of thought about this before, because I'd always wondered with Matthew Sweet, like why are those interviews on the Blu-ray so good? Mm. And he gave that answer in the panel. I just asked the kind of questions I'd ask anybody that I was interviewing, mm-hmm. and the point being, he's not asking Doctor Who questions; he's asking mm-hmm. what, right. what is your life like questions.
2: Right, it comes right. around you to know, that, which, but
0: which goes straight to Lena's point about, actually, it's sort of these people's lives that is sort of interesting, which also then flips, so I'm dominating the conversation now, but it also flips to my enjoyment of that David Whittaker panel, which was just like, a, just an hour of like, David Whitaker. what was he doing in the 60s? This is his wedding mm. video, you know, and it's like, a, we, we spent 10 minutes watching, literally, t- a 10-minute wedding video of David Whittaker getting married to his second that's, wife, you know. That's bonkers, was, I love that. Which was that bonkers. <laughs> (laughs) because you know yeah it was crazy it's crazy to see that Mm. well goodness um any last thoughts
2: uh on (laughs) on a personal level i'll i don't know if i'll ever stop going to galley now it's a bit too much of an addiction considering how great these last mad if you didn't everyone would be upset if you didn't come oh gosh so then
1: you'd be letting down your public i kind of would
2: And what I did find interesting in this galley is because I was not only doing my first group panel, but that presentation, that it took me until that was done until I really relaxed. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Because I had the specter, you know, not that I, I actually don't have huge stage fright, but I do have anxiety of anticipation until I'm doing it. It can actually be kind of overwhelming and so sure. to have that specter of performance, especially because it was my first panel, I didn't know what that was going to be like. And so my mind started racing about what what that was going to be like. And of course it was fine. And and But I know that that happens to me. And so since I was on for the first time in any sense at this particular galley, it was different in one way. It could be the start of something great because now I'm thinking, well, I got to do something like this again next year. I got to play the piano again next year. I don't know what I would possibly do. Uh, but it gets me piano inspired bar. in a way that I don't know if I would otherwise. At the same time, it does make me yearn for those times when I was just hobnobbing around and and had nowhere to be except wherever I wanted to be. So uh, it's not to say that it, I would change anything for uh, the world and to not only see so many old friends and also see so many new friends, well, that I mean that does it for me. I'd I'd uh, I'd, I'd go back just to see you two, I guess. I'd love hanging out with you. You're so fun. Uh and so wicked smat. Uh and so
1: wicked smart. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> wicked smart.
2: <laughs> so but anyway, that's that's kind of my-
1: Is that the new oi? <laughs> Instead of instead of doing Scottish, we're going to do really well, bad, bad Boston. Bad Boston. <laughs> next year's going to be bad uh-huh. Boston.
2: Bad exactly. Boston. I'm, I'm not sure where that Haven't even came yet. from, but um, but uh, I did I did succeed. I think pretty well in my quiz of Rassilon giving a uh, uh, Australian accent. I was pretty proud of my. That was excellent. Australian visiting, it was yeah. did, as I said. It was as if you? crocodile Dundee himself had like stepped <laughs> into the room. Yeah, the Simpson family would really be. Happy I
1: just for me. have to say, I didn't. I didn't... This is how bad I am in accents. I didn't understand until I was on the plane home that Rasa is Irish.
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily sure m- myself. The problem is... His with, name is Ruff. Ra- well, that, yeah. But, yes. Quite anyway. So. I still don't have a practiced enough ear to to totally discern irish and scottish and, and it, it, it i'm still american enough in my ears that i don't quite get it but
1: no i thought he was, i thought he was english
2: <laughs> Ooh, that could well,
0: that, so. that be fighting Careful fighting there. talk yeah. on both sides of the irish sea i'm afraid <laughs> don't worry I'll, I'll always be around to help you both um, understand what the different voices are that speak english have no fear oh, bless. Oh,
1: great thank you thank you for um, protecting
0: uh, us final thoughts from you lane
1: Well, one of the things is that I was grateful that my um, 10-minute lecture was Friday afternoon for the reason that Jess sort of stated in that my Friday was done, and then I sort of had the rest of the weekend, although I had various things to do. My big thing was out of the way Friday evening. I think next year I would be looking forward to – I think I'm ready to, like, moderate a panel because there's a specific topic – I want to um, bring up, which is zines. So uh, I think there's a there was such a right. big zine community, and I think there's still a lot yeah. of like love and interest in them. Um, and I just didn't see them represented yeah. at the convention at all this mm. year. That that's, like that's my next uh, campaign yeah. <laughs> to bring back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there should have been a zine table. That's literally, yeah. I just, I just want a zine table, which, which would mean that there would also be some Blake Seven zines there, and then like there would be some crossover sci-fi stuff. So there might be some Starsky and Hutch stuff. And oh I just yeah. need zines <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, the zine community was intense and insane, and I love it. And I want to bring it back to that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just, I just have such a good time every year, and I can't wait to go back. And I think it's it's like my one vacation every like it's the it's the big thing I do every year it's like my one vacation mm. of like getting to see my galley family um and like we have our that those people and uh we have those traditions, which is like the uh chicken and waffles every Friday night, oh. and then we have um, like the ice cream, or maybe that was Thursday night, because that's the ice cream social and the, like, I, it's just like going from and then like, I have, you know, Blake seven people now and then going to LobbyCon and like talking to you guys. And it's just such a good escape or vacation or and such an indulgence in that, like, I'm surrounded by people where I can talk about, I can talk about things and like have have that like communal understanding about it. So I don't know. Absolutely. It's just, it's just fantastic.
0: Mm-hmm. It is a real vacation. And I like what you said that it's, it's an <laughs> indulgence. Obviously indulgence implies yeah. it's like a bad thing, but actually, you know, it is actually nice to spend three days eating a giant bowl of doctor who flavored ice cream, yeah. which <laughs> is all, you know, it just it not being a thing, you know, I'm sure you have this in your own lives. You know, I, I can't gush about doctor right. to most people yes, um, because most people, couldn't care less, and why should they? So it is actually nice to spend three days with people where you Mm -hmm. can gush about that show, or actually pretty much any other show, because people understand that you like Mm -hmm. things. (laughs) I I love that. People understand that you like things. (laughs) That's so beautiful. (laughs) You know, whereas normal life, you're like, people don't, like, why do you like the thing that that is likable?
1: Like, why are you so invested in this? I don't understand. It's like, it's just the way my brain works. liking (laughs)
0: something that's good. You should be liking other things like know, football <laughs> and stuff. Like, I don't know. So, yeah, it's It's an indulgent in the
2: absolute best sense of the word. Sense mm-hmm. of the word in my it's opinion. good for the soul. For sure. And, and especially someone like me who stepped away
1: mm. from
2: fandom and conventions for 30 years and sort of just ended up back really? in there uh, again is, yeah. you know, sort of makes me you know, curse my younger self who decided that it was too embarrassing to tell yep. a lot of people that you like Dr. Who, even when it was, you know, advertised on the side of New York city buses, it was still like right. really surreal and weird to, uh, to me. And it, so it took me a while to come back out of my shell and obviously connecting with the community, uh, with my YouTube stuff and et cetera, and then connecting on a real level, uh, at galley. I'm, well, can't worry about it now. I'm back and back yeah. with the vengeance. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're here. You it's too late now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Too yeah, late well, now.
1: Well, just one final thought is that one of the things I love yeah. about Galley too, is that there are so many people experiencing fandoms at different levels uh-huh. for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And yes. there's there's a good representation of like fangirl. It like like I use the term fangirl to mean the kind of fandom, not necessarily the person who. Okay. Yeah. Right. But like there there's like affected fandom mm-hmm. versus sort of mm-hmm. a collector fandom versus trivia fandom mm-hmm. stuff like that. There are just people who engage with the show on so many different levels and so many different ways, and I often find yep. myself. Through certain fandoms, like leaning one way or the other, and for Doctor Who, I kind of have like a mix of everything. So it's great to be at Galley where that mix is reflected back to me, <laughs> and like I can like engage yeah. with different people in different ways, and so it just makes my little fandom heart yeah. happy.
2: You're hear, here, yeah.
0: No, it is. It's it's a it's a spe- it, I mean, without sounding weird, it is a special mm. is a special thing. Um... I would like to give you both time to plug to our listener. We only have one. Um, <laughs>
1: Gary. It's Gary Russell. <laughs> well, what,
0: and it's Gary Russell, so it's quality. Any projects that either of you have, that you both have projects, um, plug your projects right now.
2: I am still doing the Dudley Simpson is Doctor Who project on YouTube. Ooh. We're in the middle of season two. Just finished a run through uh, a bunch of uh, Fury from the Deep episodes, yes. or pieces rather, and uh, just put, put some episodes up that'll be out in about a month. Excited uh, to, to keep doing that. Otherwise, um, I'm actually going to be in London again because I'm also addicted to that. Uh, I'm going to the BFI's Sea uh, Devils showing on uh, March 4th, <laughs> so that's a week from... Uh, no, no, that's this Saturday. Gosh, that's this Saturday.
1: Wait, um, wait oh. when are you leaving?
2: I'm leaving London? Wednesday.
0: A great. Oh, so I said say
2: hi to the gang. For, yeah. For, for, for <laughs> us. I you sure will. There, there will definitely be some people who I will have seen recently. Oh, you
1: know what? So. You might be in... Uh, I'm going to send you a link. Uh, okay. We'll talk about this later. Oh. You might be in England during a thing, like a Doctor Who thing that like, might be interesting to go to. Very so. well. Very well.
2: Uh, very so... Well. That's pretty much uh, my story. I'm just, when I'm not working on other things, I'm uh, doing the project yes. and, and uh, running around. You know, you know, David's going to want to
0: get you on to talk about going to the Sea Devils thing. I hope you mm-hmm. realize oh, that. All right. I'll try to remember
2: things there. <laughs> Take <laughs> I photos. I forgot
0: everything about going to the Sea Devils. What are they?
2: Sea I don't remember things. I just remember feelings.
0: Oh, I'm watching the
1: Sea Devils right now. I should have mentioned that.
2: Oh, you are watching the Sea Devils right now, aren't you? <laughs> I yeah, sure I saw
1: that.
0: Of course you are. I saw oh, that. I love those Sea Devils. <laughs> those those pesky those pesky
1: uh, giants. Um, yeah,
0: those... Sibilant giants.
1: <laughs> so I actually have a book coming out in November for the 60th anniversary. I have a chapter in a book coming out <laughs> in November for the 60th Fantastic. anniversary. Um, that's it's a Doctor Who academic reader essentially, and so it's collecting chapters that were significant in like Doctor Who academia. And then there's also going to be a section that's on modern fandom. And so I have a chapter about Tumblr and Doctor Who fandom in that section. So that is quite exciting for me. That's thrilling. Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, it's my first being published anywhere for any reason, wow. anytime. Mm. Um,
0: When's that book coming out? D- does it have a title?
1: I think it's just called Doctor Who Reader. Nice. But I think it's coming out in conjunction with... Oh, the 60th. Like they're holding it till November... For the sixtieth, until I hear more details, which might may or may not change, so do not um, quote me. And so, waiting for that to come out, which is quite a long timeline. <laughs> uh, in the meanwhile, I am doing my daily Doctor Hooga watch. I've started doing weird dis- like pictures of Discord on Twitter to update that thread. Because I realized after Galley that I couldn't one hundred percent give up Discord because that's where all my Doctor Who friends are, mm. um, and so until that fully collapses, I guess I will be there um, <laughs> doing my doing my daily watch, and I am hoping to write more freelance stuff in my spare time outside of my job. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but gotcha. those are the main those are the main things I am working on and looking forward to
0: fantastic great good well thank you both so much for giving up your valuable monday evening to be on the metabilis2 podcast that is the only thing that i do so there's nothing for me to plug other than this
1: well, it's a joy to be on your podcast
0: <laughs> yeah always a <laughs> well, pleasure it's uh, always a pleasure never a chore mm-hmm. well if you have been thanks for listening i am always as, as always ben hayward and uh, thank you to our guests I'm pointing at one of them.
1: You're pointing at both of us. I'm Lena. I'm...
0: Yeah, that's it. I'll put... And I'm Jess. And um until until next time, thank you very much. Thank goodbye. You, goodbye.
2: Bye. Ta-ta.
0: guys yeah that's a, Thank an you. hour of quality chat that was fun can't say fairer than that